Welcome to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get help and guidance through the chaos of parenting a child with anxiety or OCD. This show is for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the guidance of a qualified professional. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. I hope you're doing well today. I want to talk to you about a mindset issue or thing because I feel like so much of how we can help our kids with anxiety or OCD comes from our own mindset, our own perspective and take on what's happening, how we're going to approach it and how we're going to help our kids. And so I want to talk about leaning into acceptance And I'm going to explain to you what I mean by that, how I'm trying to do that in my own life and how we can use that and also teach our kids to do that as well. So stay tuned. That's what we're going to be talking about. Before I get started, I do want to thank NoCD for sponsoring this episode. NoCD offers affordable, effective, convenient therapy available in the U.S. and outside of the U.S., And you can schedule a free 15-minute consultation, which I love because you can just see if it's the right fit for you or your child by just going to treatmyocd.com and scheduling a free 15-minute consultation. So I will leave a link in the show notes for you guys to do that. And let's dive into today's topic. So let's just talk about acceptance versus resistance. A lot of us don't want to accept that our kids are struggling. It's so hard to see our kids struggle and it's so hard to think that they're going to have issues and bumps in the road and that this is their journey. But a lot of times our knee-jerk reaction for many situations, including our children's anxiety or OCD, is to resist. Now you might be saying, nope, not me, Natasha. I don't resist. I have completely accepted it. Listen to your podcast. I'm doing things to support my child. But I want to dive deeper because resistance is sometimes not very overt. Resistance can be subtle. It can be you waking up every morning and saying, have things changed? Have we seen progress? Where are we moving? Which is a completely human and parental thing to do. (laughs) Who doesn't do that? But a lot of times it takes work to really fully accept where we're at and where our child is at. Because when we resist, and by resist, I mean We struggle with it. We still want to know the whys. Why is this happening to me? The victim mentality of why is this happening to my child? Why does my child have to suffer? How can I reduce the suffering for my child? How can I protect them and bubble them? How can I make this journey go faster? How can I get rid of this journey? How can I do all those things? And even though you might think that I've completely and fully accepted this, those actions, can take away your energy from what is, what is right in front of you, what is happening. And so a lot of times the first step in this process is accepting our children's struggles. If they have a diagnosis, accepting their diagnosis, if you're comfortable with it, right? I have watched a lot of people, you know, take their kids to ongoing specialists and bouncing around to different approaches and trying to find that silver bullet. Let's try like biofeedback, neurofeedback, play therapy, EMDR. You know, let me try all of these different approaches. Let me change their diet. Let me change this. And 
And that all of that is okay. I'm not saying trying to find the right approach for your child is is harmful. It's the energy that you put behind it that I'm talking about. Is it a frantic, overwhelmed energy that you're pouring into this because you feel like you are running out of time or you feel like you have to find that answer so that your child can quickly be taken out of the pain that they're in. And that unfortunately can sometimes backfire because this journey with anxiety or OCD or both is a long journey. You know, just like if our child was diagnosed with asthma or diabetes, these are lifelong conditions that our child is going to learn how to, over time, build skills to regulate and to be able to manage with less stress. And we want, our, we want to get our kids to the right resources and develop their skills, but we also don't want to be doing it at a frenzied pace. And we do have a whole episode on handling the grief that comes with anxiety or OCD. And I think if you're struggling with that, that might be a good episode to go back to. That's episode 189, which talks about giving yourself space for that grief, that grief of what was, what was supposed to be, and what is, and how they're not aligned. It's okay to go through the grieving process with that. In fact, often it's necessary because if we don't, we could find ourselves spinning our wheels and not knowing why. And we might be spinning our wheels because we are in denial or we are in resistance or we are in our own anxiety. And you might be saying, you know, Natasha, I'm not going to accept, you know, that my child has to wash their hands 50,000 times a day, or I'm not going to accept that my child can't leave their room because they have such severe OCD. or I'm not going to accept that, you know, my child can't hug their dad because they have contamination OCD. I'm not going to accept that. And what I would say to that is it doesn't matter whether you want to accept it or not. The reality isn't going to change. I don't want to accept that my husband is dead. (laughs) That sounds very morbid, but I'm going to talk about how acceptance really can be applied to anything in our lives. I don't want to accept that. And in fact, I've spent a good part of my last eight months, often not accepting it and, and my, my brain can't process it, but it doesn't matter because I wake up and he's still not there. And I wake up the next day and he's still not there. And the sooner I have leaned into acceptance and said, this is my new life. I don't have a partner. I'm raising my three kids on my own. Instead of fighting that, which takes a lot of energy to resist that and say, I'm not going to accept that. It doesn't matter because think of it as a stream, right? I'm on this stream and it's taking me down. It's a river (laughs) and it's going downstream and I can resist and I can try to fight and try to stay back where I was upstream, but inevitably it's going to take me down to wherever it's supposed to take me. And I can make it an easy ride where I don't resist and I glide down And then maybe I find a path and I find a new place to go, or I can swim upstream and fight it every step of the way and be exhausted, but I'm still going to wind up at the bottom of that stream, regardless of whether I fight it or I accept it. So I get to choose how I'm going to go down that stream. And maybe if I didn't fight it and I kind of glided down, I'd get down there a lot faster so I can get onto a new path. Or maybe I would, 
enjoy it for some bizarre reason, because I might look up and say, oh my gosh, there's cherry blossom trees all over both sides of this stream. And it's beautiful. It's taking me somewhere I didn't want to go. I did not, this wasn't part of the plan, but I'm not going to resist this path. And that's for so many things that happen in our lives. How often do we resist it? Because we don't want to accept it and we want to fight it. So once I started to accept it, then I can, I can start to say, what do I need to do to create this new chapter in my life that I did not ask for, didn't want? And I do see in the grief world, you know, with other widows that in my like support groups or whatever, that are stuck in the resistance. And that's okay because everyone has their journey and I understand it completely. But once we stop fighting what we wanted and we accept what is, then we can roll up our sleeves and make things better. So focusing on what is happening right now with your child, what moment are you in? Not what moment do you wish you had or where you were supposed to be with your child or how you had envisioned your child's childhood, you know, and you don't want your child to have any pain. Everyone has their different triggers as far as what it brings up for them. But I think it can be very helpful to get your attention and focus it back on what is happening right now and fully accepting what's happening right now. So it can bring up a lot of anxiety for us. Oh my gosh. You know, I'll use my own examples. I'll I'll use two different examples. And I want to use examples that aren't always anxiety and OCD, because I think this is more of a life approach and it doesn't have to be just about anxiety or OCD. It's just something that we can, we can use in all aspects of our life. So my son was having a hard time eating again. It's cyclical. It comes and it goes. He's got pans. Who knows what's going on? And I could see, you know, that he's struggling. And in that moment, I can go back and I can say, oh my gosh, I can't believe he's having a hard time eating again. We've been through this. It's so exhausting. Why is this happening? Right? I can do all of that. And I'm sure you guys have done that too. And I did start doing that. But then I just stopped myself this time and I said, it is what it is. What does he need in this moment from me? I'm just his coach, right? I don't, this is not my journey. I don't get to choose whether he eats or not. I don't get to choose whether he does exposures or not. Ultimately, he gets to decide. And so what does he need in this moment? What is happening right now? And I focus on that. My daughter the other day, she has been struggling the most with grief. And some kids were talking at school and someone said, raise your hand if you love your dad. I have no idea why someone would say that. But Then another student was like, hey, don't say that. You know, Alex is here. And so she had a rough couple of nights, partly because she doesn't, she said she doesn't want people to treat her differently. But then if they didn't, if they weren't sensitive, that would have upset her too. So it was a lose-lose. And it brought up all these emotions and her grief just came bubbling to the surface like it will do. And I was sitting there holding her kind of like she's in this fetal position. And all these feelings came up with me of why does she have to go through this? Like why? Why does she have to feel such deep pain at such a young age? It's so unfair. And then I stopped myself because I'm really trying to work on my own stuff. And I said, it is what it is. We are in this moment. And me spending all this energy resisting this moment and getting angry about this moment and get angry about life, it's not helping. I'm not being present for her. I'm in my own head. And so in that moment, I said, What does she need from me? And 
accepting that this is her journey, whatever that may be. And if you're spiritual, you can go down that path, you know, and luckily I have some spirituality in my belief system that I'm able to say, you know, I don't understand sometimes why we have to go through the things that we go through, but I do feel we don't always know those reasons while we're going through them. Sometimes hindsight is 2020 and we can see things, but life does bring us some struggles and some suffering. And there are, there's a lot of growth that comes with it, but it is not fun when we're going through it. We don't get to choose that. We don't get to say, uh, yeah, don't sign me up for that one. That one I'm not going to be part of because sometimes we don't get a choice. And so in that moment, I was able to be fully present with her and give her what she needs, which is just love and support. She didn't want me to placate her, her grief and say, you know, he's in a better place or it'll get better over time or whatever it is. And replace my story about grief with your child's struggle with an anxiety moment or an OCD moment. I only li- I like to speak from what we're experiencing. So I'm using that as an example. But in that moment, I just validated what she was feeling. I was in, I was in the moment with her and I just said, I know it is so hard. And I said, I wish you didn't have to struggle, but I know it's so hard. It's so hard. That's all I said to her. You know, I know it's so hard. And that's enough. We Sometimes just being present and accepting our kids' feelings without having to fix it, just sitting with them and accepting it is the best thing that we can do. Because sometimes when we spin our wheels and we are in action mode and resistance mode ourselves, and we want our kids to always have happy moods 100% of the time. We're kind of training our kids that they can't sit in discomfort, that they have to resist that. When my son, so my son and my daughter both have different flavors of emetophobia, not their primary issue. My youngest one, it's one of her primary issues. But often they'll say, I feel nauseous. My son, we were just on a trip and he woke up and he said, mom, I feel nauseous. And when we're in a crowded store, mom, I feel nauseous. And instead of saying, what can you do to make yourself feel better? You know, can you do this? Or can you do that? Or, you know, it's just your anxiety or, you know, it's just your OCD. Instead of doing all of that, I just said, I know you do, honey, because I do know that he does (laughs) because I can tell what things are going to trigger him and make him nauseous. And so when he says, I'm feeling nauseous, I said, I know. And that lets him know that I'm aligned. I get it. And I'm sorry that you feel that way. And that's it. I'm not swooping in and trying to resist his feelings, you know, or get him to stop the nausea or just accepting the nausea. And that, that is why I wanted to do this topic, because it's not only what we need to do or what we could do that would help. We don't have to do anything, but we can choose to do it. But it's also something that we model for our kids. And it's something that we teach our kids, which is acceptance acceptance of all of our feelings, the good, the bad, the ugly, accepting those feelings of, oh, I'm feeling angry right now. You're allowed to feel angry. You're not allowed to hit, but you are allowed to feel angry. Oh, you're feeling anxious right now. That's okay. You are allowed to feel anxious. In fact, we don't get to control whether we feel anxious. We get to choose what we do with it. And so if I accept that I'm feeling anxious right now, I still get to choose whether I'm going to do that hard thing that's making me anxious or not. That's okay, right? I'm feeling nauseous. I have a metaphobia. I'm the fear of throwing up. I'm feeling nauseous. I'm going to accept that I feel nauseous. Yes, I feel nauseous. That's not surprising. That's what comes with a metaphobia. And I'm not going to fight it because the more I fight that feeling, 
ironically, the more I'm going to have that feeling. I am going to do a kid's YouTube video. The title I think will be, this might be making your anxiety or OCD worse. And it's going to be about resistance and teaching kids that the more they resist, you know, that whole saying, what you resist will persist. It is so true in anxiety and OCD. And so when kids resist feeling nauseous or when they resist feeling anxious, like they they're denying that feeling. Like if I just pretend that's not happening or they resist the images or intrusive thoughts they have, like I can't have that thought because if I have that thought, it means I'm a bad person. I can't have that thought. So I'm going to resist it. I'm going to argue with it. That's a mental compulsion. So when you accept it and you say, yep, that's an OCD thought. There it is. Yep. I'm feeling anxious because you know, this is a situation that's pretty triggering, but I'm still going to do it. Then it's like Chinese handcuffs. It loses its grip on you. And the same thing happens in our lives when we are dealing with a multitude of things that we don't want to happen. How often are we doing things in our world that are outside of our control, right? Oh my gosh, my coworker is so annoying. And she does this, this, and this, and this. Well, I don't get to control her. And so I have to accept that I I am next to a person who's really annoying. (laughs) And I get to choose what I want to do about that. Or I get to accept that, you know, I have this health condition and I don't want it, but I'm going to accept that I have it. It doesn't mean that you don't problem solve and say, how can I make this better? But you accept it. You know, I have IBS and sometimes I eat things that do not go well with my stomach. And it makes me nervous to travel because I think, what happens if you know, I'm on a plane or I am somewhere where I eat something and there's no rhyme or reason. Sometimes it will hurt my stomach and sometimes it won't. And if it does, it's really bad. It could be debilitating. And I can sit in the whole, oh my gosh, poor me. What am I going to do? I wish I didn't have that. Let me try a bunch of a zillion different things so I can, you know, get rid of it. Instead, I accept it. Okay. I have this right now. I'm not accepting it for the rest of my life. In this moment, I have this. And I'm going to watch what I eat. So if I can see some patterns and if it happens, it happens. Is it happening right now? No. So one of the mantras that I have adopted in this new journey that I'm on of dealing with my grief and starting my new chapter, whatever that's going to look like, I actually, I think I mentioned this in a recent podcast, but I'm going to just say it again. I saw someone had a license plate in my kid's school parking lot that said, you are here. And I really like it because I've been using that as a mantra when it, my, when my brain wanders or when I start to get panicky, there's a lot of anxiety that comes with change. And when I start to feel panicky, I just say, you are here. And then I look around. So if I'm walking and I, my mind is in the future and it's in the past and it's in the what ifs and you could have, and you should have, I say, you are here. Where am I? I'm here. I'm on this path and I'm walking. When my daughter is crying and she's having this grief, I just say, I am here. We are here. This is where we are. When your child is struggling with their anxiety and they're having a panic attack or they are having school refusal and they're in this moment, just say, I am here. I don't want to be here. (laughs) That's resistance. But I am here. What can I do in this moment? What's my role in this moment? None of us are going to think that way 100% of the time because you're not Mother Teresa. And I think that's always a bad example because I don't think Mother Teresa had kids, (laughs) but it's about bringing back our focus into just what is, what is in this moment and focusing on accepting the moment for what it is 
and being present and fully aware in that moment. I know that sounds kind of woo-woo and, and cheesy, but it really helps. And I can tell you, because I've never had any more stress in my life than I do currently with this upside down world that we're living in. And, you know, all three kids with anxiety and OCD and my oldest daughter's going off to college. We've got a lot going on and focusing just on what is right in front of me and accepting whatever is in front of me as it just is, has been tremendously helpful because I've stopped having all this energy and resisting and fighting and wondering and wishing and just pure acceptance of this is what it is. He's not eating. What does he need for me in this moment? And I go from moment to moment and that really helps. And it helps our kids too, because we want them to learn how to sit in acceptance. We want our kids to learn to accept when they're having a rough time. So with my son, I'll give you an example. We've been traveling a lot because in my new chapter of life, not a lot matters. You know, balance is really important to me. And so priorities have shifted and, you know, that's what happens when you have, you know, life brings you to your knees. And my dog is making noise and I'm sorry about that. We're actually getting our house painted today because apparently our HOA requires that you get your house painted every seven years and they have been sending me notices. And so people are painting my house today, which my dog, little Chihuahua, is not happy about. So Ruby is in the office with me as I record this and it's going to be imperfectly perfect because you might hear her licking or growling because she's anxious. And that's okay. I'm accepting that. So I was telling you a story. So we are traveling a lot. That is one of my new life goals is balance. And I'm learning how to balance things. My priorities, like my family has to be a huge priority and my work is a huge priority. And I have hyper-focused on my work. I've scaled back in the sense that I say no to a lot of outside things that you weren't seeing me doing. (laughs) I did a lot of other stuff besides the podcast, the YouTube channel, my online courses, and my AT Parenting Community membership. Those are my four things. And I was doing a lot of other stuff. I have scaled back. I just focus on my community and I pretty much say no to most everything else right now. And we travel, we travel a lot. So we're traveling at least once, once a month We're making travel a huge priority because we don't have our kids at home forever. And we sometimes don't have people forever. And yeah, anyway, so we went to the Grand Canyon and that was in the summer and my son's anxiety was so bad. That was such a rough trip because my kids are getting much, much better now because I'm forcing them to travel so much. They like it, but In those early days, the Grand Canyon was one of our first trips since my husband died. And my son did not want to go into all the like stores, like being in stores really upset him. And he's kind of, he gets like, he gets kind of claustrophobic and he gets panicky. And actually my oldest daughter had that too around his age as well. And he would just get really angry that we were all going into different stores and he would get really mad and he would kind of ruin the day. And so now, every time we travel, it's going to sound like, wow, Natasha's like gone off a cliff. But whenever we travel, we call ourselves the four musketeers. I try to like make, trying to like work on the acceptance of who we are right now, right? So we were the five musketeers. Now we're the four. And we always set our intention, which I know sounds a little bit weird. But at the start of our trip, I will say, okay, everyone's going to say your intention. Like, what is your goal for this trip? 
my son will say, oh, I'm going to work on my anger. And my two, my oldest and my youngest don't get along. They bicker. So a lot of times their intention will be to get along with each other. And sometimes me and my oldest daughter bicker and clash. We clash the most. And so I'll say, I'm going to try to be kinder and more empathetic to you. And because sometimes she thinks that I pick on her. And so, you know, if every family has their weird dynamics, but we set those intentions and we started doing that after the Grand Canyon trip because the Grand Canyon trip, everybody had a problem. And my kids, because there's three of them, they like rotate and they take turns. And so it feels like someone's always on fire, which in the past could get really frustrating. That would ruin my trip because I would say, if they're not happy, I'm not happy. And now I have acceptance. You know what? Probably one of my kids will be upset most of the time (laughs) and they literally take turns. One will be, you know, having a hard time and then they get over it. And then the next one starts. It's like triplets. You know, I always hear that like twins, like take turns having a bad time. It's kind of like my kids, but in our recent trip, we actually just went to Disneyland and I know we're traveling everywhere. I'm sorry. We wear masks, but we're going to live life. That's what we're doing right now. And so it was interesting because we were going, we were at downtown Disney and we were going in and out of stores. And my son calmly said, I'm going to go and sit on a bench outside when you guys go in there. And he was just accepting. He was accepting that he was overwhelmed. He wasn't getting mad at us for triggering him or making him do something that he didn't want to do. And he wasn't um, pushing himself, which is fine. You know, he doesn't always have to push himself. He was saying, I don't want to do that. And so I'm going to accept that. And I'm going to accept what they want to do because I don't control other people. I'm going to sit on this bench. And he did that periodically throughout that night. And now that didn't happen magically. (laughs) After the Grand Canyon trip, I sat down with him and I talked about, I said, look, I actually went through with both of my youngest kids and talked about, you know, just ways they could handle themselves in a different way. And I said to him, you don't have to get angry when people are triggering your anxiety or OCD. You get to control yourself. You can accept that other people are going to do what they want to do and that you're traveling with a group of people. And so you have to accept that, right? But then you can say, what do I want to do? So they all want to go to a store and I'm going to accept that because even if I resist that, I'm just going to get angry and then I'm going to be told it's not your choice. Or I can say, okay, I'm going to accept that they're going to go in there and I'm going to find a bench and I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to sit out here and I'll wait for you. And we had that conversation back in the summer when I was talking to him about how he can handle himself differently. And we never brought it up when we went to Disney and he just naturally did that. He just said, I'm going to go sit outside. I'm going to go stand outside. And there was no anger. He was calm for the majority of the trip. I think I overextended them on the way back, (laughs) on the way back to Disneyland. I was driving and I was like, we have all day. You took the day off of school. So let's go stop at the zoo by Palm Springs. And I think I overextended them because it was hot. And then we were, they were really tired. And that was, that's my fault because I was just a little overzealous, but those seeds are definitely sprouting the seeds of acceptance and getting my kids to see that acceptance for a lot of things can be really important. So I know it's kind of a philosophical conversation today, but I do hope that you find it helpful on some level. And ask yourself today, what am I resisting in my life? You know, what what am I just pushing, pushing, pushing against? And I'm not accepting. And what do I need to accept? Acceptance doesn't mean that you condone. And there's a difference. I don't condone. (laughs) That sounds really weird. I don't condone my husband's death. But I accept it because it is what it is. 
You don't have to love that your child has anxiety or OCD or that they are struggling, but you accept that it is what it is. You accept where you are at and you resign to the fact that this is where you're at so that you have the energy to focus on what is and not be frenzied on what could be or what will be or what should be, right? All of that. So pay attention to my YouTube video that will be coming out. Actually, this will come out after the YouTube because the YouTube video will come out on Thursday, October 7th, 2021, if you're watching this in the future. And this YouTube video will come out next Tuesday. So no, this podcast will come out next Tuesday. So if you go to my YouTube channel and you're listening to this in current time, you'll find my YouTube, but I'll leave a link in the show notes as well, if I remember, so that you can have your child watch that video and hopefully that will help them. You know, there's a whole movement towards like acceptance, commitment therapy and their mindfulness. And I really don't like, I don't like dogma and I don't like things that are like packaged in a box and put a bow on it. I don't like catchy little names like choice point and da da da. And that's just me. I just like to have a genuine conversation about how to live life, how to look at life, how to approach life, how to get through life. And so I am happy that there is this huge movement of act acceptance and commitment therapy in the anxiety and OCD world. It's very much about what I'm talking about. I'm just not into labels. And so finding your way in this world in general is simple. We don't really have to make it complicated or put theories on it or names. It's like just being here in the moment, accepting what is and focusing our attention on what's important. You know, those act principles. I just don't like the jargon that's attached to act. That's just me. It's nothing against act. I just don't like jargon, but I like purity and I like simplicity. And it's like, just give me the simplicity and acceptance is simplicity. It's like, you know what, from now on, I'm going to practice just being here and accepting what's in front of me. And so I did want to close with asking yourself, what are you resisting? So it may be your child's anxiety or OCD. Maybe you've been resisting that, like, you know, really trying to swim up that current and the currents keep, it keeps pushing you back down. Or you might be resisting other things. Are you resisting, you know, a diagnosis of your own? Or are you resisting a situation that is really not a relationship that's not going well? And you're You're just not accepting that it is what it is where it's at or accepting a bad situation or a relationship. I just said that. (laughs) So I think a lot of times we don't zoom out and assess our world and everything in it and say, how am I approaching these struggles? How am I showing up for these things? How am I showing up into life? And how do I want to show up? And every day is a new day. I say that every morning. I wake up and I say, I used to wake up and be like, oh, I'm still here in the twilight zone, in this misery. And I stopped saying that because it's kind of setting myself up for failure once I start my day. I wake up and I say, how am I, I'm going to show up today. And I had this epiphany. <laughs> I don't know why. And maybe you're already there. This is like my like weird epiphany, spiritual epiphany. I was like, every day is like, a full chapter. It's like a story in and of itself. It has a beginning, middle, and end. And it's so long. I mean, my days seem so long now that I'm really aware of what's going on in my day and not like just zoning out and just letting the day happen to me. I'm being more intentional. And the day will have its ups and its downs, its challenges, its struggles. It's like a microcosm of life and our entire journey. And if you look at 
a day. And then I had this like funny thought that I was like, I wasn't trying to be Forrest Gump. <laughs> As I'm walking, because I'm walking now, I'm trying to walk every day, not to be healthy, not to like get my body into shape, but to reset and have a conversation with myself, <laughs> which I know sounds really weird, but I just, I want to start my day with a clear head. And so when my husband died, I would walk just because I couldn't empty my head. And now I walk because I like listening to my head. I like listening to nature. But I would often say, as I was walking, I don't often say, I was walking and I thought, you know, life is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> and then I was like laughed at myself because I was like, life is like a box of chocolates. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so cheesy. But it's like, you don't know. First of all, they are individual. They are individual experiences. They're like a pixel, like one square in the big picture. And it really is in and of itself. It stands by itself. And sometimes it looks like a beautiful chocolate and you get it and you bite into it and it's got like something in there that you don't like the taste of. And have you ever like bit into chocolate and you're like, ugh, I got the bad one. And then you like savor it anyway. And you're like, well, let me just taste some of that like milk chocolate behind that nut that I didn't want. And you can kind of enjoy it or you make the best of it, right? You can't help it. You bit into it. It's that's going to be your experience for the day. And I do feel like every day is like this individualized little chocolate. And that's good because it means that every day we can show up and be present. And no matter what happened the day before or what we think is going to happen the next day or the next week, it doesn't matter because we are just focusing on this piece of chocolate on this day. So if I had a rough day and I was horrible to my kids the day before, it doesn't matter. This is a reset. It's a new day. It has a beginning, a middle and end. And I get to choose how this day is going to play out. Am I going to accept what's in front of me and be fully present and give what is needed in the moment where I am right now? Or am I going to kind of give this day away? And sometimes we do. And then the next day we wake up and we say, I'm going to try it again. I'm going to try to make this day be as wonderful as I possibly can. And if it's bad, I'm going to accept that because not all days are going to be fantastic. And if my child is sad or anxious, I'm going to accept that too, because not every day of theirs is going to be wonderful. And then my daughter, who often now breaks out into song, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, would break out into song if she was sitting next to me right now. And it's so true. It's cheesy, but it's true. What doesn't kill your child makes them stronger. And often I'll remind myself of that. I'll say, I don't know why they're going through this. I don't know why they have to go through these struggles, you know, the anxiety, no CD, and now death of their dad. But I'm watching them get so resilient. I'm watching them morph into just deep, deep, deep kids. And, and that is what it is, right? So I hope that you found this episode helpful. If you are enjoying the episode, don't forget to hit a star. If you can rate it wherever you listen to your podcast, I always greatly appreciate when people take the time to leave a review. I appreciate that. Sometimes I get cut off. So if I don't read your whole review, it's just because I'm not getting the full review. I want to thank Camp 24 MI, great resource for parents of kids with social anxiety. This podcast addressed so many relevant issues when dealing with anxious kids that I feel like Natasha is the fly on the wall of my house. We have swim lesson issues too. It is hard as a parent to remember in the moment how to help our anxious children and Natasha's lessons train your brain to respond in a helpful way. If you have a child with social anxiety or any anxiety or OCD, this, and then it ends because I don't know why, but iTunes just won't let me see the full review. So I apologize for that. 
But I do want to say thank you. I appreciate you leaving a review. And maybe if you leave a review, I'll be reading your review next time. So I hope that you find the sparkle in everything you do. I hope that you're kind to yourself. And remember that, you know, tomorrow's another day and you get to start all over and not in a sad way, but in a wonderful way. Every day is a new day. So I'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Take care. Thank you for listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. To get additional support raising a child with anxiety or OCD, visit Natasha's online school of on-demand classes at atparentingsurvivalschool.com. 